We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my friends. So happy that you're hanging out with us here today on Empower Radio. It's a bright, sunshiny day where I am, and I hope it is where you are as well. Do you ever wonder why some people are successful in their relationships, their business, and their lives, and others are not? Do you ever feel like there must be some secret to success that you have not been let in on? I know I have certainly felt that way. It took a couple master's degree programs in spiritual psychology and two more PhDs to help me really figure out how to navigate effectively here on planet Earth. I think it could have been easier, but I did not know who to go to for the answers. Well, today we have a fabulous guest on Journey to Center that helps break down the simple steps to start moving in a more positive and prosperous direction immediately. I'm speaking with Trevor Blake. Trevor wrote a wonderful book called Three Simple Steps, A Map to Success in Business and Life. And let me tell you, this man knows what he's talking about. Trevor is living proof that the American dream is alive and attainable. He came from a dirt poor family, was raised in a shabby farmhouse in Wales, and constantly tormented by bullies. He made it to America as a young man with $74 in his pocket. Later, he started a company with a few hundred dollars, and a few short years down the road, Trevor sold that company for over $100 million. He then used all he learned to repeat that astonishing success with another company in another field. Now, Trevor is passionate about teaching other people how to succeed at anything using a three-step strategy he developed, which is not only backed by his own experiences and success, but also the latest findings in neuroscience. So, Trevor Blake, I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you here today. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks for inviting me. Your story is so great. I would love it if we could start our show here with you sharing a bit about yourself and how your book, Three Simple Steps, came into being. I mean, there's two ways to answer that question. The the shorter way is that after selling my second company, I decided to retire. I was 50 years old. And I've always had this nostalgic fancy of taking a sabbatical because I've heard about people who've you know, sort of stepped out of life for two years and climbed mountains. So I thought that would be a fun thing to do. And my wife, who at that time had been married to me 28 years, who now be married 30 years, she gave me one of those looks that only women can give. And anyway, I decided to retire. And then two weeks later, after pacing the kitchen floor, she threatened me with murder if I didn't start something new. So, so it's actually self-preservation that made me write the book when I did. But, but I've actually wanted to write the book for many years. But I'm not, unlike you, I'm not a huge fan of the self-help movement because so many of those books are written by people whose only taste of success is the fact that what they've written about catches on for some reason, and then they become an expert. And, and I think although the messages might be powerful, there's some sort of question over the credibility. And so I wanted to wait until I felt I was qualified to talk about what it takes to achieve the American dream. And so that's why I've waited until I was in my 50s to actually write this book about how to follow the same techniques and attributes that I found in the life stories of self-made men and women through history and apply them in our life today. And I think that's fantastic. And what you say is so key. I want to learn from people that are the living example of success. And I think you really do embody that. So I really want to hear what you have to say. You know, I loved your book. It's a fun read. It's an easy read. There's a lot of great stories in there, but a lot of really um, profound wisdom as well. So I'd really like to start with talking about what are these three simple steps? Well, the... They have to be followed in order. In, I think of them as ingredients in a recipe, rather like if you want to bake a cake, you have to put the flour, sugar, and the, the eggs in the right order, otherwise you'll end up with wallpaper paste. So it's a recipe for success. Um, they are the same three steps that I saw in the repeated lives of my historical heroes, people like uh, Henry Ford, Andrew Carnegie, Samuel Colt, Madam C.J. Walker, wonderful people who overcame all kinds of adversity in order to get out of their version of quicksand. And I use their examples to get out of my own version of quicksand. And, and uh, I had real-life heroes as well at the time who showed me how these things work in, in our world. And so the first one, step one, is about reclaiming mentality. And by that, I mean it's about getting back 
to find that pioneering spirit with which we were all born, but for various reasons has been suppressed over time. And you need to do that because it's impossible to become self-made or to reinvent yourself if the decisions you make for yourself are based upon the opinions of those people and the media around you. So you have to get back to that individual so that when you have that crazy idea, it doesn't get crushed by the people around you who tell you you're crazy. And, and most self-made men and women have swum against the tide at some point in their life and have been called crazy, as have I in my life many times by those people around us. So the first step is about getting back to that individual power that you have in yourself. The second step is something that covers um, a thing I hear on a regular basis, and that is people tell me that they want to reinvent their lives, they want to go back to college, or they want to start a company, but they just don't have any great ideas. And there's reasons why we don't have those moments of insight that separate the successful from the med mediocre or the successful life from the, from the mediocre life. And so the second step is about putting yourself in a position to have those moments of insight on a regular basis, and that changes everything. And then the third step is about how to take those great ideas and turn them into the reality of your experience. But they have to go in that order, because if you start with the second step and have a great idea but haven't yet controlled your mentality – the idea would never be allowed to surface. I think that's so important. And, and I would absolutely agree with step number one. It's really getting in touch with that, that solid place within yourself, uh, you know, to, to have that solid foundation. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about how you would suggest we do that. Well, the, the starting point with all of this is an understanding and appreciation that everything, absolutely everything in our life and our experience is made up of energy. Now, it always sounds esoteric when you talk about it, but it can be proved with the wonderful technology we have access to today in, in, the, in the world of physics, in the world of chemistry. And the cutting edge of physics is a thing called string theory, which is where quantum physics has now moved to. And all the best and what I call brains on legs people <laughs> uh, are involved in, in, in cracking the equations of string theory. But to a layman like me, string theory can be broken down into a very simple way to understand it. The... the Proof of all of that um, mathematics is that everything in life, the phone I'm talking on, the chair I'm sitting in, and even the gravity that holds me into this chair is made up of tiny vibrating strings of energy. And the faster it vibrates, the higher the energy and the less dense the resulting matter. And so when you think about it, when we have a thought, and a thought can be shown to be a real thing because it's, you can actually map the neurons getting excited in the brain, creating electricity, and then pop, out goes a thought. Thoughts have hardly any density and therefore are extremely powerful, but they are energy. And so because of energy, you have to then understand the laws of physics and the laws of energy. And, and, and they're fairly they're scary as well as, as, well as exciting. And, and the main laws are that energy and matter are equivalent and interchangeable. So that means every thought you have has the potential to become the reality of your experience. But the second part of that news is that energy can never be destroyed. So every thought you've ever had, it's either converted into the reality of the life you have today, or it's out there waiting to convert into the life you have today. And now that you know that, then you have to be careful about the types of thoughts that you have. And so that's where it all starts. So to get control of mentality, you have to be aware that the thought you just had has the potential to become your reality. So an everyday example would be, you could be watching TV and you could see a credit card, an advert for a you know, debt solution credit card. And, and hopefully you're not crazy enough to pick the phone up and call that number. But, but, but when you see that, if you're in debt at the time, you send out multiple thoughts out to the universe about the debt that you are in and your stomach turns over. I know what it's like. I've been there. And you just feel horrible and you wonder how deep you're sinking into this quicksand and how can I get out? And what you're thinking about is what you don't want. The thoughts you send out are about what you don't want. Thoughts are energy. Energy doesn't have a consciousness. It doesn't determine whether what it's going to give you back is good or bad. It just gives it back. So the more you send out these thoughts about what you don't want, the more you get the experience of what you don't want. And that's why it's really important to get that understanding and appreciation that every thought and every word you, you use in your life has the potential to become the reality of your next experience. And that's so true. You know, I mean, when, I, my, when my life wasn't working and I heard this kind of concept and I started paying attention to my thoughts, I was astonished at how mean I was to myself and how negative they were. And then I had this moment of insight where it's like, oh, well, no wonder my life isn't working. 
So to really pay attention to your thoughts and, and understand that they are incredibly powerful and to start taking responsibility, which I guess is what you're talking about when you're talking about mentality. Is that correct? It's slightly correct. I mean, the thing is, you can't blame yourself for the thoughts you have and you, you can't blame other people for the thoughts they have about you because, um, you know, I'm not a fan of positive thinking because it's, I consider it an illusion and impossibility because thoughts happen almost at the speed of light. And so you can't see something you don't like or hear somebody say something unfair about you without having an instant hardwired negative thought. And that's okay because that's how the brain works. It's okay to think that way. What you have control of is how you then react to that thought. And that's what makes the difference. So if yeah, you, have a, negative, I, yes. you have a negative thought about that credit card advert, then you must immediately react to that by thinking something positive. And I recommend, you know, when I teach this in, in groups, saying something out loud if there's nobody around. Like, uh, when I'm debt-free, I will go to the local liquor store and buy the best bottle of champagne and pay for it in cash. And, and if you do that immediately after you've had that negative thought about the, the quicksand you feel in, eventually something will happen in your life that allows you to live that experience. Yes, I love it. It's not about seeing the negative thought and judging it as, as bad, but go, oh, huh, that's interesting. And then maybe choosing at that point to take responsibility and think something different, more positive. Yes. Is that what you're and, saying? And, and bigger and bolder and brighter. Yes. So, so, that, so that that thought, you just, the negative thought can't be destroyed. It's out there. But it doesn't matter if that comes to your life now because you've got this much bigger thought and you won't even notice that. And that's, that's really how it works. Yes. I love that. I, I talk. I talk about changing the channel. It's like, whoops! I don't want to go down that path. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the channel towards the direction I do want to go, which is, right. uh, you know, more prosperity and more uh, positive experiences in my life. So you know, I really, really loved your chapters about insight. To me, that was just, just incredible, incredible stuff. Can we talk a little bit more about what insight is from your perspective and how can how can we have more of that? Well, I, I think the overriding purpose of Three Simple Steps, and I, I, I judge it from the emails I get back from readers about what the differences it's made in their lives. And, and, I, and I, see, I keep seeing this, this uh, repeated um, a story of that for, for men. We live in a world where intuition is undervalued, or in some cases not valued at all. And, and I always joke with my wife that if I could get 10% of women's um, intuition and bottle it, I'd be a billionaire. But because because as a man, you know, I've suppressed over over centuries and centuries, my intu- I suppressed the power of my intuition. Women have this incredible power of, of intuition, but of course they hold it back and lose confidence in it because they live in a world that's dominated by men and a workplace and a home place that doesn't value that intuition. Um, and so the purpose of the three steps is to try and get balance overall. Is to get this kind of balance. This is what I hear back from readers: is that is that men get confidence that this crazy idea that they wanted to bring up and work, uh, you know, and, and didn't, but didn't want to make a fool of themselves. Now they have the confidence to bring it up, and it changes things. And and women who feel pushed down in the workplace because they're the silent voice in the room, knowing that the decision that's being made is a bad one, they get the confidence to speak up. And and so that's what the overall three uh, purpose is: to get to that point where where insight becomes part of your everyday life, but you have confidence to do something about it. You have confidence to react to it. Oh, I love that. So you talk about the difference. It sounds like this is building on that premise. You talk about the difference between the warrior and the wizard. I want to hear more about that. Yeah, and a lot of self-help books talk about the way of the warrior. It's a very macho way of looking at the world, and, and, and it, it's fine. I mean, I like it because I used to be in the military, and I can, I can, I can certainly uh, appreciate the you know, the metaphor between the way a warrior works and how we get on in life. But it actually goes against the laws of physics when you think about it, because the mentality that to be a warrior, which we, we, we would take to be something like an Indiana Jones, you see a treasure that isn't yours to begin with that you want to steal. You step over all the bodies of the poor souls that didn't make it before you, and you overcome all of these challenges. And then just by luck and chance and bravery, you manage to grab the statue and take it home. Well, that's not how the laws of nature work. Nature doesn't make itself difficult. You know, a, a seed becomes a tree. It doesn't have to kill all the other trees to get there. And, and so, so I find that the, the way of the warrior, although I can still relate to many aspects of that, tends to put us in a, it, it's based on, on thinking that's 200 years old at a time when people didn't even understand the basic laws of physics. And that's how, indus, that's how the industrial age was created, conquering, taking, capturing. And, and, and the world, laws of nature don't work that way. So, so what we do in the three simple steps is turn that all around and talk about actually a better way. You have a choice. So you can be a warrior and you can be hungry and you can see a loaf of bread that's behind the castle wall in the, and, and uh, cooling in the bakery's window. 
And you can fight through the guards, you can break down the wall, you can smash through the baker's window, murder the baker, and steal a loaf of bread. Sure, you probably could do it or try it. Very few people will succeed, but every now and again, somebody does. Or you could be like the wizard, and you could get your baking ball out, and you can put the right ingredients in the right order, put it in the oven at the right temperature, and guess what? You've created a loaf of bread. You haven't had to, you haven't had to be a warrior to achieve that. You've become a wizard. You've created Gosh. from nothing. And, and that's how I feel life is. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot more fun from my pers- from my perspective to be the wizard. Yes, yeah. it is, and 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 you have power to to bring stuff to you. This is where the law of attraction comes from. So you can create where you are, and it seems as if it's come to you, but you've actually created it. Oh, yes, it's so much it's so much fun when we finally realize we have more power than we think. We don't have to compete and fight. We we can cooperate and and have that experience of of connection and more joy. Um, I love something you say in your book. I never ask how something can be achieved. I set the target and let life fill in the details. That sounds very wizard-like. It is. It's the way the world works. It's the way of nature. So I've sent out a thought about something I want, and I don't need to know how it's going to happen. I just know. I just have to raise my sense of knowing, which is something that women have more than men do. Just raise that sense. You just know sometimes. A woman just knows and, and can't explain how she knows. She just knows and if a man ever tries to change the mind of a woman who says she knows about something, then you're going to be a very frustrated man because when a woman makes up her mind, it's done. And, uh, and it's that sense of knowing. And, I, you know, I've always been fascinated by that. And I've managed to create a degree of sense of knowing in my own life, which is how I can, you know, start a company with a unique business model that everybody in my industry, it was a pharmaceutical business model. Everyone says, that's crazy. That would never work. You're going to give all the medicine away. You're never going to make any money. And I said, no, this is this is an industry crying out for change. I'm going to make the change. And then they turn around and say, well, you're just a sales guy. You've never been a CEO. You don't have the experience. You've got no money. You've got no connections. I said, no, I sent my intention out. I'm going to sit back and let life fill in the details. And seven years later, as you pointed out at the top of the show, I was was able to sell that company for $105 million, a great success. But more importantly, that company um, developed five drugs for rare diseases in children children that would be dead today without without that company's existence. And that's the power of being the wizard. Mm. And I love that, that you weren't dissuaded. You know, you talk about uh, keeping things kind of quiet, close to your vest, not talking too much about it because you don't want people maybe discouraging you, uprooting you. So I, I think that's an important um, issue. And it sounds like those people, nobody did dissuade you from, from your knowing, from your intuition, which is takes a lot of courage, I think. Well, it takes developments of that mentality. So, so you get to the point of reclaiming mentality where you, you learn techniques. And we have, in three simple steps, I have you know, a dozen techniques for how to protect your mentality from the negative influences around you. Now, keep in mind that not, not everybody's being negative because they don't like you. Often, often people are being negative because they really care about you. And then they don't want you to make a fool of yourself. They don't want you to trip up. And, and, and that's why I think it's very important to keep your goals, dreams, and intentions private because... You can have a situation where, you know, I, I might say, I might, my wife has no idea what any of my intentions are, and I don't have hers. We never have, and we've been married 30 years. Um, but but if, if I was to say out loud to my wife, you know what, I'm going to build this company today that looks like this. Because she loves me, she's going to think, oh, God, I hope that goes well. What would happen if that <laughs> failed? These are the thoughts she's got in her head. What happens if that fails? What happens if this happens? How would I pick him up? You know, what if he can't raise the money? All of those thoughts, which she has out of pure love, are actually damaging to my intentions because you've got this conflicting energy. And so it is, that's why I say in the book, it's very important and it's hard to do because you do, you do get excited and you do want to share it with your loved ones and, and everybody else. But I had, a, I had a experience when I was in my 20s where I was sat around the dinner table with my closest family and I told them what, one of the things that I was going to do that year, one of my intentions. And I saw the smirks on their faces and it was devastating to me and I never did achieve that intention because they sucked unintentionally all of the energy out of me. Well, yeah, it sounds like if somebody else has fear that, that it can kind of infect your enthusiasm. Because, they, because their fear is a thought and your excitement is a thought. And those two thoughts meet out in the universe. And, and the laws of physics say when energy comes together, it creates interference, constructive or destructive. And it can only be constructive if the energies are exactly the same power and exactly the same amplitude. And it's very hard to achieve two thoughts that are identical. I don't think it's possible. Like two fingerprints could never be identical. So, so you have to just, you know, just being aware of that, that, that you're working in a world of laws, physics and chemistry and biology, 
not an esoteric world, I think really helps because then you can understand how what you're thinking and saying is impacting the life experience you're having today and how you can change that in the future. If you're the sort of person that loves to share information about their goals and resolutions, maybe you should change that habit. It's fascinating. It's a different way of looking at things. Occasionally, I'll I'll do support groups with the intention of really just being cheerleaders and seeing the best in each other and not really allowing fear, just like batteries for each other's dreams. But you don't think that's necessarily something that, that would be positive or powerful or effective? Well, I think it's effective in as much as, you know, that, that raised emotion gets people excited and, and they have even better thoughts and even bigger thoughts and even greater dreams. So that's a very positive thing to do. But if you were to share in detail, you know, that today I'm going to do X or next year I'm going to build this, that's where it gets dangerous because the people around you might have a different opinion. You know, you know they say in psychology there's three ways we see ourselves. There's, there's a way we think, there's a way we see ourselves, there's a way we think others see us, and there's a way other people actually see us, and they're very different. And sometimes we, sometimes we take too much of a risk with our thought energy in that we assume that those people around us are on the same page as we are. And they're not, they're not always are, so why take the risk? I think that that's very true. I think everybody's projecting all the time. So what, whatever you're thinking, may, it, it may bring up something for them that, that is positive or negative, and we have no control over that. We have no control. I like something Don Miguel Ruiz says, don't take anything personally. Because nothing ever is. <laughs> yeah, it's about taking responsibility for ourselves. So I like that message. I like that. Very interesting. So another thing that you talk a lot about is the subject of change. And I think a lot of people are really afraid of change, either consciously or subconsciously. So what are your thoughts about change? Well, you're absolutely right in that change can be very scary. Uh, and and once you understand the power of energy, so you understand that thoughts and words are energy, and therefore, if you make a commitment to change something in your life, there's no going back. You can't pull those thoughts back. They can never be destroyed. So you have to be really aware that the thing that you think you want in your life is actually something that you do want in your life because everything will change. So you know, I'm talking to you from, I'm from England, obviously, and I'm talking to you from Seattle because I had an intention, and part of the life's details was I end up in another country. And I had to be prepared for that change. There's no point because I turn around and say, I don't want that. And that's why it's so important. So in three simple steps, in, in the second step in particular, I think, um, or, or between the second and third step, is, is I talk about the importance of making a commitment to change. So if you really do want to change the life you have now, you have to make that commitment. And there's a ritual or a technique for you to be able to do that. But you have to understand the consequences of change because it can be scary. You may have to leave or probably you will have to leave people who are part of your current environment. If, you do, if your life is not the way you want it to be, then in all likelihood, the people you're surrounded by are not the ideal people for the way you want your life to be. And that's going to have to change. And that can be quite unpleasant. That might mean leaving people you love very, you know, very, very much. And um, you may change jobs. You may get promoted, which comes with extra responsibility. Because this, these three simple steps only work. They don't work fractionally or a little bit for some people and not for other people. They change your life completely according to the thoughts that you have. And so you have to be aware of that. And, and the reason I mention it is that some people don't want to change. They are scared to change, and that's okay. So if that's the case, you have to commit to not change and not wanting change. And that's just as important because then, um, you know, life's frustrations are not caused by whether you want to change or don't want to change. They're caused by indecision. And once you make that commitment to change or not to change, you'll feel much more secure, much safer in your life and, and the path that you've taken. You feel less frustrated and you become less of a complainer. And that's very important too. Oh, yes, isn't it? <laughs> now, you make such you make such great points. And, and it can be scary because you go into the mystery. You don't know what to expect. And it can be scary. It takes courage, you know. But uh, for me, saying yes to change and going into the mystery has been so rewarding. And I know it has been for you, Trevor. Yes, it has. It's been a blast. And we're going to continue to have a blast. We're going to go to break here for a moment. And when we come back, Trevor is going to talk to us share with us some sure ways to achieve our New Year's or anytime resolution. So this is going to be good. Hang on. We'll be right back with Trevor Blake. Have you ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? Hi there. I'm Andrew Hoffman. I went on this website called inventnow.org. Then I decided to make an invention of my own. It's called the lost cat magnet invention. So you can get your cat back after you lost it. Just turn it on. 
lost cat stick to it. That's a good cat. If your cat was hiding up in a tree, it won't be up a tree anymore. It will be stuck to the lost cat magnet. And sometimes they fly toward you in the air. Just listen to one satisfied cat. See, that's proof. You should go to the inventnow.org website too. But just remember one thing. Don't do a lost cat magnet. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Hey, what's up? Thinking about you. XOXOXO. Want to snuggle? Dot, dot, dot. JK. Hit me back. You getting these texts? Question mark. We should hang later. I miss you. Holla at your boy. Holla back. Holla back. Holla back. Are you at home? Where are you? What are you doing? OMG. You are making me mad. Are you with your ex? You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at thatsnotcool.com. Thatsnotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Have you ever lost a cat? And have you ever wanted to get your cat back after you lost it? Hi there, I'm Andrew Hoffman. I went on this website called inventnow.org. Then I decided to make an invention of my own. It's called the Lost Cat Magnet Invention. So you can get your cat back after you lost it. Just turn it on and lost cat stick to it. That's a good cat. If your cat was hiding up in a tree, it won't be up a tree anymore. It will be stuck to the lost cat magnet. And sometimes they fly toward you in the air. Just listen to one satisfied cat. See, that's proof. You should go to the inventnow.org website too. But just remember one thing. Don't do a lost cat magnet. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Empower Radio. Now back to Journey to Center with Dr. Tammy Belashevsky. Hello, you beautiful people. Thanks for hanging out with us on Empower Radio. We are spending some quality time with Trevor Blake, self-made multimillionaire and the author of Three Simple Steps, a map to success in business and life. So Trevor, I'm very excited to continue this conversation. But first, I want to say I'm so impressed that all of your proceeds from this book are going to cancer research. Can you tell me why you decided to do that? Yeah, a couple of reasons. Um, as we talked about in the first half of the show, not all self-help books are authentic. And, and uh, a lot of self-help writers you know, only become well-known or successful because the book catches on. So I feel that's important. And, and so to round out the authenticity of the story that's in Three Simple Steps, which is part of my life story and, and part of reflection of the life stories of successful self-made men and women through history, um, is that, you know, I don't need to sell the book. I don't, I don't need to be doing this interview on the radio. You know, I, I basically have all the money I need, as arrogant as that might sound. But I felt that if I, if I make that point and I'll tell everybody, I don't need you to buy my book, then that rounds out the authenticity. But, but the cancer research and development is something that's very close to my heart because of one of the stories that's in the book, which is about my mother's uh, fight with cancer and the, and the real-life inspiration that, that she gave me. I am in my life wherever I am is because of the um, examples I observed and the way that my mother controlled her, rea- her, her uh, mentality and, and how she reacted differently to the way the society at the time expected her to be. She was given six months to live when I was eight, and I was there when she told the doctors, I'm sorry, that's not long enough. I need more time to see my children grow up and leave the nest, and she was a woman of a word. Tremendously inspiring real-life hero for me. Um, but one of the things about, about her illness was that she handled her cancer with, with tremendous grace, but the side effects of the chemotherapy, you know, robbed her at times of her dignity and her womanhood. And so I've always been passionate about finding cancer treatments 
that also have lower side effects because then people can still live a normal, happy life while they're getting treatment for whatever is, is, is the cause of their disease. And, and so uh, I, the uh, money that goes to cancer research and development doesn't just go to a charity, which I'm a bit leery of some cancer charities because they're staffed by very highly paid executives. It goes directly into the laboratory for a program that's working, working on this particular thing. And our lead compound in this program I'm happy to say it's called AD1, which is named after my mother, Audrey Dowick. And it's a very special thing to me, so I want all the money to go there. Oh, that's amazing. And I, I love uh, what you're talking about, you know, because a lot of times I've had many, many, many friends and family members uh, struggle and, and, and um, you know, be taken from cancer. And often they're at that fork in the road. Do we do the cancer treatment or do we want the quality of life or do we want the quantity? And a lot of times they're like, well, I don't really want to do the chemo and radiation because it's just going to destroy my quality of life. So I love that that, that is what you're about, cre- creating a quality of life while also um, dealing with, with, with the cancer. That's amazing. And I can say, you know, because it's in the past now, because of I've, I've achieved this particular attention, it was always an intention of mine to, to do that. And I did let life fill in the details. And, and hey, sure enough, I came across um, a... a brilliant scientist who had licensed his, his inventions to a company and the company ran out of money and the, and the inventions went back to the inventor and it seemed like it was all over. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. That's how this works. Where I saw this and I thought that this, you know, this, this really looks like it could be what I've been thinking about for so many years. And so I, I, I built a little nonprofit company around there. So the goal of the company is to, is to get these um, uh, inventions uh, to the to become FDA approved and to be and to be useful for people, but also to be in a non-profit organization so that everyone can get access to them as long as they can benefit from them, uh, regardless of their financial circumstances. And I think that's really important too, because that's not always what happens in real life. That's true. That's very very generous of you. So I, I love that. Again, you are um, a very powerful wizard. So I just love that, and I'm loving this conversation. This awesome, awesome stuff. So, Trevor, before we went to break, I talked about a sure way to achieve our resolutions on the new year or any time. And a lot of times people make New Year's resolutions. It's January 3rd if you're listening to this live. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to share with us some information about how we can really make sure to manifest our resolutions. And, and I know that can be hard. So I'm excited about hearing what you have to say about this. Actually, it's remarkably uh, simple, but it, but like everything else, things that are simple are often not easy because you have to make them. They have to become lifetime habits. You have to they have to repeat a behavior long enough until it becomes a habit, which a lot of us find hard changing habits. Um, it has to do again with the fact that all thoughts and words and and imaginations are a form of energy. Energy converts to matter and comes back to give you what you just thought about. So, knowing that, you know, first step in everything is self awareness. You have to think about okay, how am I how am I phrasing, how am I thinking about my New Year's resolution? So a typical one would be that we look in the mirror and, and we're full of roast turkey and Christmas pudding, and you say, okay, you know, I I want to lose ten pounds. Well, that thought of I want to lose ten pounds will be converted into a life where you're constantly wanting to lose ten pounds. So you basically put yourself in quicksand, or you could say to yourself. I want to lose weight, or I'm going to lose weight. I can, I will lose weight. I lose 10 pounds. doesn't matter how you phrase it, so long as you're phrasing it against something, you know, you're phrasing it for something you don't want, you're going to get what you don't want because mm-hmm. thoughts don't have consciousness. They just are packets of energy. And so knowing that, you can change it completely. And instead of saying that, you can, go, you can say, I am fit, trim, and healthy. That's mm-hmm. a positive thought. And then you can use your imagination, and you can see yourself fit, trim, and healthy, and you can imagine yourself walking down the street and, all the guys on the construction scaffolding uh, are wolf whistling. And the bigger, the crazier, the sexier, the imagery that goes around the thing that you want, the more likely it is to convert quickly. It'll always convert into your life, but you want it today. You don't want it in six months or a year's time. So, so, you, so the secret is to, be, is to stop being against something you don't want and to be for something you want. And that's something that Mother Teresa once said. She was asked um, you know, for an opinion on a particular uh, conflict. And she said to the, this reporter, young man, I am not against war. I am for peace. And, and I've taken 275 pages in three simple steps to, to get that simple message that she managed to get into one sentence. <laughs> 
That is so powerful, though. And, and, and I can see it in my mind's eyes. You're talking about this. Do you want to fight against that 10 pounds and make that 10 pounds like your enemy? Or would you prefer just to be fit, lean, healthy and, you know, healthy and amazing? <laughs> so that that makes it very clear when you state it like that. And it's the same for all resolutions. It could, it could be credit card. We, co- we covered that one before about thinking about what you want rather than what you're against. My, my wife does it with her health. My wife is, was born with a, um, a health condition. And she also, like my mother, actually, she has been given the, the famous line of you better get your affairs in order three times in her life. The last time was four years ago. She was given six months to live four years ago. And, and, and she does it in a slightly different way. So, so instead of being against the particular health problem that she has, she imagines herself in an ideal situation. So she oftentimes when she's been told that, you know, you're going to die, um, she, she starts to imagine herself walking on her favorite beach in the sunshine, in bare feet with dolphins in the, in the, in the sea and all that kind of thing, and, and, in, and in the future. And she imagines it as already achieved. And that's, that's, how you get, that's how you get what you want, where she could be spending her time thinking about what she doesn't have, which is being unwell, you know? I love that. I know one of your principles is being flexible and open and imaginative. And I do think where we go in our minds, we will go in our lives if we're consistent with that. So, yeah, to just have fun with that imagination process. I think a lot of times people avoid it because they they don't think it's really all that powerful or it hurts to think about something you don't think you can have. But if we allow ourselves that opportunity, you, you seem to be a big advocate of that. That it's well, I think us. we're taught we're yes. taught that daydreaming's bad for you know when we're kids we mm. love we love to watch kids act out play out their imagination I, I love watching kids play in the garden and 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 in that moment they're a sword fighter and the next minute they're they're some other hero you know um, I, I love to see that because it doesn't seem crazy but then if they were to do that as teenagers we'd be taking them to a psychiatrist and if you did that as an adult you get locked up and that's such a shame because that's what I do in my life so if when I have an idea for a company I don't just sit down and start writing a business plan or something. I imagine every aspect I can possibly think of. And I imagine not just the, you know, the company, what it looks like, what the business model is like. I imagine the conversations I have with investors and they're all laughing and they're all, we're all shaking hands. And, and I, I imagined, I, before I even started my first company, I imagined how it felt to sell it for $100 million. And I can talk about that now because it's done. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not risking conflicting energy. And, and people, if I was to tell people that, I'm not, I'm not telling them now, but I feel I can tell them now. But if I was to tell people that back then, They'd lock me up. But that figure, yeah, right. You and you and everybody else on planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, they would probably discredit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the crazier, sexier, happier you can make your thoughts, make your imagination, the more likely you are to, to experience that. Yeah, I like what you say. Think bigger than what you desire. Absolutely. The, and and there, there was a book called The Magic of Thinking Big, which was written by a management consultant. And, and, uh, but that was, I, I read that book and I got out of that at that time that, you know what, I'm not thinking big enough. I'm, I'm thinking that I want to raise my salary from 30000 Because money was never important to me. I, I grew up really poor. And um, I just wanted to get out of poverty. I didn't want to turn out like my dad, who, who was unemployed my whole life. We lived on welfare. I wanted a different pattern. So, so I, I used the three simple steps first to get out of poverty. And then my mother, my parents never traveled. We never had any money to have vacations or anything. And I, I always used to read the Sunday supplements. We, my dad had me go down to the village and rummage in the trash cans for the, on the Monday for the Sunday papers. And we always had free papers as, as a result of that. And on the back of the Sunday papers in the UK, was, there was always these, these uh, uh, advertisements and, and supplements for brilliant holidays in these amazing exotic places. And, and so I, I used to imagine what that would be like. Wouldn't that be fantastic to do that? So, so after getting out of poverty... I set the three simple steps for a life of travel and adventure, and I managed to do that. I visited 56 countries, and at times was living and working in those countries, earning a mid-six-figure salary. And most people would say that's the American dream. Well, then I read this book, The Magic of Thinking Big, and I realized I was holding myself back. To most people, I was successful. To me, you know what? I, I want to achieve something more. I want to, I want to leave a mark on life. And, um, and that's when I decided, when I, when I turned 40, a weird thing happens to you. So on the last night of your 39th year, at least if you're a man, <laughs> You go to bed feeling, you know, um, immortal and fit. And then on the morning of your 40th birthday, you get out of bed, look in the mirror, and you look six months pregnant, and you start to feel a little bit fragile. And so at that, that point, <laughs> at that point, I decided I need to take care of my financial independence. And so that, it's only at that point I decided that money was important. That was 2002. And, um, and, and then started my first company. But it's yeah, all that, as imaginative. That's amazing. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I have a lot of conversations with a lot of people and um, some people are like, well, you know, desire is not a good thing. You want to relinquish your desires if you want to have peace. And I'm like, you know, that might be working for you, but I don't think I can help but have a desire to be warm and safe and, and dry and have my bills paid and have, you know, freedom. That's just me. And it seems like desire is okay with you as well. Yeah, except it's a very weak emotion. I talk about this in the third part of Three Simple Steps, the three levels of belief. I'm glad you brought that up. It's an important topic. And, and you know, the, the, the thing is that certain emotions are really powerful because of the way they, they trigger your thoughts and your reactions. So if you see something you don't like or he, hear somebody say something unfair about you, uh, or even see something horrible on TV that has nothing to do with you, your, your thoughts are instantaneously negative and hardwired. And, 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 and that's a strong fear. You can feel it in the pit of your stomach. That's a very, very strong emotion. And therefore, the related thoughts and everything are strong too. And then people have desires. They desire a better life. They wish things would change. That's a really weak emotion. And it can't compete with that hardwired fear. Fear is so powerful. And so, so part of step three is about getting, moving away from desire. If you desire something, your life will improve, but who knows how. But it'll probably get better. And then you move to belief, which is more the warrior mentality. And you start to see real things turn up in your life, but you still don't have control. So you have to get to that sense of knowing. Most men have to get to the place where women are already at. You have to get to that sense of knowing where you know that, just like I know, I can, I'm, everyone says I make a great creme brulee. So I know when I put my creme brulee recipe together and I put it in the oven, I don't, I don't give it a second thought. I know it's going to be a hit. Have, life can be just as simple as that. So, so you have to get to the point where you've gone through desire, through belief, and to that sense of knowing. And in, in the third step, I've got lots of techniques of how you can do that, how you can raise that sense of knowing, what's important, because desire by itself doesn't really get you very far. I would absolutely agree. I talk about that. A lot of people, I think, keep their desires in the closet. And I say, you know what? Bring it out of the closet. And I've found from my own personal experience and working with people, it's like sometimes there's fear and anger because, you know, it, it, desire can be painful because I, I want to make $100 million, but I don't think I can do it. Well, you know, you got to have that emotion. You got to have that process. And then you can relax. And I love how you talk about you know, going to those higher levels of vibration, if you will, to that sense of knowing. Yeah, and it's a technique. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not, I haven't made this up. This isn't something that's come out of my head. And, you know, I saw this, this is the difference between, you know, Henry Ford and his partner who, you know, they, he, you know I don't know if you know it, so the Henry Ford company was his third company. The first two failed. Yes. And and and, I, and you can see when you read his autobiographies why the first two failed and 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 uh, and then in his, you know, his third company he gets this uh, he gets this thing this sense of knowing and, and everyone says this man is crazy because these are luxury items they can only be sold to rich people and we don't want the common man to have access to all of America we want to keep them nice and tight and where we can organize them and, and tell them what to do and, and he has this he has this dream of a you know of a, a vehicle that could be affordable to everybody. And I once thought he was crazy, but he had these techniques where he raised his sense of his desire to do that to a sense of knowing that he's going to do it. And all I did was read that, get inspired by it and do the same in my life. And Hey, presto, I can't compare myself to Henry Ford, but I've got no complaints. And and that's why three simple steps I think is resonating so well with readers right now is, is that people say, you know what? I I, I can do this. I don't want to be Henry Ford. I just want to have a better life. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I think, again, with your book, I think if people are open to it, it will take them as far as they want to go in their own lives, as far as creativity or success. So I love it. I think it'll meet them where they're at and it'll take them where they want to go. If, it does. If they I, implement it. If yeah, they implement. And it has to be good. You have to make these things a habit. But I get emails. That, the book was only launched uh, at the end of August. Uh, and, and we did, although well, I say we, the publisher did a airport promotion because I think a lot of people, and I identify a lot with that road warrior rushing through an airport, convincing yourself that what you're doing is making a difference. But in your solar plexus, you know that I was, I was meant to be more than this. I was supposed to leave a mark on this earth, you know, and, and most people feel that way, I think. And so we did an airport promotion where they could get the book. And then suddenly, you know, a week later, I'm getting emails from all over the world um, from a 13-year-old girl in Sri Lanka who was considering committing suicide because of her situation and who's now thriving to uh, one of my favorites, which actually was from America, a man in Virginia wrote to me. And so it was quite a funny story because he was, he was annoyed that the book had arrived in a package that he found difficult to open. Then he opened it. He looked at it. It's a self-help book, and he doesn't like self-help books. 
So he said he got even more annoyed, but he flicked through it and something there just caught his eye. He started to read it, went back to the beginning, read the whole thing and said it had changed his life. He's living a happier life. He's not complaining as much. He, he's not as a, being as influenced by people around him. And he now has the confidence to start his new project that he's been procrastinating on for a number of years. And I was thinking, as I was reading it, I think, oh, very good, very good, because I, I hear this and see this all the time. And then the last line, he says, oh, and by the way, I'm 88 years old. Oh, that's so cute. I love that story. It's a great story. <laughs> and so it works for anyone at any time. You just, just have to pick it up, read it. It's a couple of dollars. It's available on Amazon.com for, I think, $3 right now. They've got a promotion on it. So for $3, you can change your life. And even if you hate the book, your money goes to a good cause. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's so cute. So something else that you say, Trevor, that I really love and absolutely agree with and, and again, often come up, uh, it comes up in conversation a lot as, and it seems to turn into a debate for some people, but it's okay with me because whatever works for you. Um, you talk about the importance of remaining self-interested. Yes. Can you tell um, me more about why that's important? It, it's, it's, it's critical because we grow up, we do grow up in a world where it's impressed upon us that to be selfless is, is so important. And it's, it's hard to be kind in the, to the degree that you want to be kind and generous and, and caring to other people when you're stuck in poverty, trapped in debt, um, feeling miserable about your life or your body or your relationship. It's very hard to be magnanimous in that situation. So the best service you can give to anybody and to the world is to be all you can be. Because I can tell you, it's so much more fun to be able to be in a position where somebody's got themselves into a terrible quagmire. It's somebody you care about and you just take it away from them. Now, you can only do that if you spent time getting yourself into a position to be able to do that. And it's not an ego thing or a godlike thing. It's just... You really need to be all you can be first, and everybody else will benefit from that. And that's because of the way energy flows. So, so energy always flows, and the secret to getting more energy is to give more energy out. But you have to want to have more energy yourself. You have to put yourself first. Whereas I want to get out of this quicksand. I am going to do this. I'm changing my life. And then you'll draw into yourself so much energy to help yourself do that that everybody else around you benefits. But if you're in the quicksand, and you're responding to everybody else's complaining and everybody else's needs, all they're doing is sucking your energy out of you, and you'll get stuck in the quicksand. Now, you can read a book about positive thinking, and it'll make you feel better about the horrible life you have. But most people want a better life. They don't just want to feel better about the life they have. They want a better life, and that's the key thing. So you have to put yourself first. And all mothers know that because there's, there's no greater love or power than, than that that a mother shows for her children. But if she doesn't take care of herself, she's not going to be there to look after them. And I learned that from my mother because she made herself survive in order to make life right for all of us. And in order to make herself survive, she had to at times be quite selfish. She had to think about herself, put, put, her, put her, her own needs first, feed herself first, if you like, uh, although she never did that. But, and, but she did it in many different ways. I mean, she taught me to bake knowing that... that uh, you know, if she wasn't around, I'd be able to take care of myself. But in teaching me to bake, I ended up being one of the bakers and the cooks in the house. So basically she could sit, take care of her health while we cooked for her, that type of thing. So she, she was very wise, my, my mother. She, she, she knew that if, if, the, if, if the, the mother figure doesn't take care of herself first, then the kids are going to suffer. And uh, I think yeah, that's a principle yeah. that's lost on us sometimes. I would so agree. And I, I love the analogy of being in the airplane and having to put your oxygen mask on first before running around and helping other people. And I think a lot of people really feel like they want to be of service and selfless and they don't have their oxygen mask on and they're running around trying to help other people. But you're in quicksand and you're trying to help other people get out of quicksand and that's not highly effective. No, it's not. And, and uh, you know, it's just it's, it's exhausting is what that is. And it, that's what quicksand feels like. You know, you want, you want to get out, but you can't. And oftentimes you can't because other people prefer it where you are. It's not, it's not, it's, I've, I've never had anybody in my environment, apart from my wife and my mother, um, applaud me for wanting to get out of the quicksand and make something of myself. What I've had is criticism and, and, uh, and, and um, jeering and, and, and ridicule. And, and that's why that controller mentality in the first step is so important because if I had listened to all of those other opinions and, being affected by all of that negativity, then 
I never would have got out of the quicksand. Yeah. If I hadn't got out of the quicksand, a lot of people would be suffering. You know, I would, I would never have done any of the things that we've talked about. There would, there, those babies that are now alive wouldn't be alive. Well, such an amazing story. I'm so inspired by your energy, your message, your wisdom. This has just been such a gratifying conversation. So, Trevor, I also know that you have a website to support people and just getting on solid ground and putting the oxygen mask on themselves. Do you want to tell people where they can connect with you? Yeah, it's a helping hand because everyone who's changing their lives can, needs that. I got a helping hand because uh, out of autobiographies, because I'm an avid fan of, of life stories. Um, and I have some, some sort of truncated life stories. I just, on, on my blog, I just did one uh, for Rita Levy, um, Manalcini, who died on December the 30th, 103 years old. She was working up to the very last day uh, at 103 years old. Amazing woman. I, and the blog is entitled A Remarkable Woman. Um, so, so I have a blog, but the way to get to everything is very simple. Just go to www.threesimplesteps.com, and there's a, there's, a, there's a interactive forum there if you want it. You can read the first chapter for free to see if you like this book or not, and then you can get to the blog from there. Perfect. I love it. This is some really good stuff. So do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom you want to share with me or our listeners before we we have to say goodbye? <laughs> Well, just for anyone who's listening, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, it doesn't matter whether you're 13 or 88, it's never the wrong time to change your life. There's never a bad time to reinvent yourself. And that's my main message, I think. I love that. I, I deal with people and they're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm 55 or I'm 65 and it's too late. And I said, if you're still breathing, there's still time. And if, still, if any of your listeners feel that way, then, then I, just go to the blog and, and read that story about Rita uh, and then you'll never think that way again. That's awesome. I love this. So Trevor, this has just been an honor and a pleasure and a privilege. I know I'm inspired. And for my listeners, if you want to connect with him, just go to his website, three simple steps.com. And if you want to talk to me, I would love to hear from you. You can go to my website, TammyBPhD.com, sign up for the guided meditation, write me with questions. If you have any suggestions or ideas about who I should interview next, I would always love to hear from you and connect with you. You can also find me on Facebook. I love Facebook. So Trevor, you're on Facebook as well, aren't you? Yes. Uh, again, you can get to it all through the same thing. It's, it's, a, it's a three simple steps website that's on Facebook and like I think most people love about Facebook. There's always some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a visual girl, so I do enjoy the pictures. It's kind of fun. <laughs> well, the pictures, the pictures of my dogs are on there, so that's what most people like. It is fun. It makes things more personal. It's you know, people talk about it not being personal, but I think it it is. I think it really uh, connects us, and it makes it just fun, celebratory. So Trevor Blake, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy today, day to have this conversation with us. You've been just a joy. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And Mike, thank you for being our lovely producer. You make this so fun and easy and smooth. Just thank you so much. And Brent Carey, this forum called Empower Radio, you were just doing some great stuff bringing this uh, wonderful energy into the world. Thank you for all that you do. And to my listeners, Love from my heart to yours. I hope to connect with you again soon. Write to me. Connect with me. I want to hear your thoughts. Love to you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.